Welcome to Healing You, presented by Define You Radio, with host Valencia Griffin-Wallace. Committed to helping you heal with stories, tips, and strategies by guests who were once hurting. In order to define you, you must first heal you. Now your host, Valencia Griffin-Wallace. everyone. Uh, this is Valencia Griffin Wallace, and thank you so much for tuning in to Define You Radio Presents Healing You, where you will hear the stories and life lessons from guests who understand that healing is part of the process of defining who we are. Tonight, we are discussing being pushed into purpose with guest Devonia Reed. And my wonderful co-host, Miss Tasha, will be joining us later. And Miss Connie, who didn't have to go through the time change that we all did because she's in Paris, she's not feeling well. Miss Connie, if you're listening, I hope you get better soon so you can join us back on Healing You Sundays. With that being said, if you have dialed in tonight and would like to get on the line with us here at Healing You, Please press 1 on your keypad. We would love to hear from you. Make sure you follow and connect with the show on Blog Talk Radio and Define You Radio's Facebook page for updates, show notes, and guest information. Our guest tonight is an author, speaker, mentor, and educator. She has served as a public school educator for over 17 years. Wow, she's put in some time, guys. She's the president of Welcome to the Queendom, an organization dedicated to empowering not only girls, but also young women. Her life has been dedicated to educating and advocating for children. What pushed her into her purpose and how has this helped her? Let's find out and welcome Ms. Devonia to the show. Devonia, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me on the show, Valencia. We are glad to have you here and for spending your Sunday with us. I know the um, if you're in the States, we had um, daylight saving time. So where it would normally be 6 o'clock, it's actually 7 o'clock, and I think other countries experience it at a later date and some not at all, which is amazing to me. I'm learning new stuff. Did you know that? <laughs> no, I, didn't know, I didn't know that about Paris, but I did. Um, yeah, I am feeling the effects of the spring and forward and the hour that I lost. So I am definitely uh, past my, almost past my bedtime now. <laughs> Well, well, thank you so much for uh, coming on tonight. I know I was like, I hope everybody remembered to, you know, set their clocks and, and get on the radio and listen to the show because I know a lot of people are feeling, you know, sleepy or, or mm-hmm. like the right now. We're all still adjusting here in the state. So I'm excited to have you on. I know uh, we're going to hit so many great topics. But first, can you tell the audience a little bit more about you? I kind of touched on a few things, but, of course, they always like to hear from the guests first. Well, as you said, I am 
the president of Welcome to the Queendom, which is a nonprofit organization. We actually became an organization um, in August of this year, so very new. We started out as an event and kind of spread into this um, nonprofit. I am also an educator, been an educator for over 17 years. I have written a couple of children's books about issues I guess we'll talk about a little bit more later, so I won't get into it now, but written a couple of children's books. And I'm the mom of four amazing grown men and also a grandmother, so you can believe it, and a grandmother. So I have a a lot going on, a a lot of wonderful things going on in my life, been very blessed. Well, congratulations on the uh, grandma status and the four wonderful. You so you have four all boys. You have all boys. All boys, all boys, no girls. Yes. Yes. And, and during well, that process, that of course, at one point I wanted a daughter, but uh, right. which is, it's funny because my ministry is, is with girls, but I have raised four boys for it, which is is amazing. I love it. I love it. If I had to choose between raising four girls and four boys, I go with the four boys. <laughs> <laughs> I I have one son and a lot of nieces and uh, bonus daughters, and I tell people to me, maybe because all I have is a son, but it seems like mm-hmm. boys are are less complicated. Maybe I'm mm-hmm. a little biased because you know I do have a son, but. You know, I've watched my nieces periodically, and, um, mm-hmm. yeah, so I would choose having, you know, my son. <laughs> now, at one, right. like, at one point in time, I wanted a, a mini-me. You know, I wanted that mm-hmm. uh, mini Valencia, but I was like, yeah, I don't know how good that would be for the world. <laughs> oh, absolutely. So, yeah, it, it, it's been great. Still a blessing. A blessing, but I, I absolutely agree. And and we're pro- we probably are biased because we don't have a daughter. Right. But I wouldn't trade my son's in for anything. Yes, un- understood, understood. So, with you being a, a mom, with you being a okay, well, let's talk about before I ask this that question. Let's talk about when did you realize that you were meant to help children. That's funny because there was not a specific moment, but I'm, I'm going to say this, tell the story because it, it's it's funny how I became an educator, which is really wrapped around being a, a mom. And because I was a mom at 17, I had my first son at 17 years old, so I was a teen mom. And before I ever got pregnant, I had always – I was. I was determined that I would go to college. I was going to go away to college, and and I was going to be a social worker. That was on my that was my plan to be a social worker. But then I became a mom, and I had a son, and then I had another, and then I had another one, and then yet another one. So, as I was um, a parent, I had to decide what would be the best occupation um, for that role. That was my primary right. role. And that was the most important thing to me was being a mother and still being able to be a mother and have a job. And I was very analytical about this, and I decided that I would be a teacher. And that's how I decided because I knew I wanted to be home when my sons were home. I knew that I needed to be home on the weekends when they were home, and I knew I needed to have the holidays off when they were off. 
I didn't, you know, it was hard to, for me to trust people being a young mom, and I wanted to be right. the one who took care of them when they were at home. And I decided that the best career for me was to be a teacher. So I did everything in my life, as some people might say, backwards, because I was a mother, you know, a wife. I was, I was all these things before I got into my career. So really, being a parent dictated my career. I thought that I had chosen this this path, but actually it really was divine because that's really where my gift lies. I, I can teach. I'm a teacher. That's what's in me. That is how I became involved with children is first by being an educator. Do you think, um, do you think that you would have became a, an educator if you weren't a mom? Oh, that's a great question. <laughs> I don't. That's that is. That's, I've never been asked that question because for me it was just it was what it was. I right. It was hanging and hanging. Yeah, it was just that. That was it. But I I believe that everything. I believe in the divine. So I believe some type of way that I would have still been on this path. How I don't know. Maybe as I had gone to college, I would have realized that's what I wanted to do. But I do believe because that is my gift that I would have gotten, I would have figured out that that's where I'm supposed to be. Hmm. Okay. So <laughs> were were you a, a single parent or a married parent, or how did your parenting journey go? Oh, goodness. Okay. You are, these are the best questions. Okay. I was. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> First, a uh, first uh, team mom, and the boy, mm-hmm. the first boy that I met, as we all do, our first love, fell fell in love with him, and we became parents. And at 17 years old, the day after my 17th birthday, I moved out of my family's home. I say family because at that time, my mom and my sister, sisters, and I, we lived with my grandmother. So I moved out the day after I turned 17, and I moved in with the boy. The, the father of my child at that time, we had one. And we decided that we were going to, and I'm going to say playhouse, because neither of us had any idea what we were doing, having never grown up with any example of what parenting, real parenting looked like right. or what marriage looked like or what real relationships looked like. And But we, we were having a baby, and I, was, I needed escape, to be honest. I was ready to go. And I left, and we were together for a while, but we had so many issues. I, I endured so much during that relationship because I had stuck in my head that I was going to provide my boys with what I didn't have, and I sacrificed right. myself during that whole journey. I finally decided that I had had enough, and we split. So we were together. I said I did everything backwards. We had some kids. Then we got married. Knowing, I, me, I'm knowing that that wasn't the right decision because the relationship was, was horrible. I can't even, it, was, it right. was detrimental for me. But I was so convinced that I was going to give something more to my children and that I was going to make this thing work. I just had, I, you can really convince yourself of some things. And that's what I had done, and uh, I sacrificed a lot because of that and gave up a lot. However, I look at it as 
now I have a, this story that I can tell to other girls that can help them. So finally I decided, Valencia, that enough was enough, and we split. Well, I never thought that splitting with him meant that he was no longer going to be a father, that he would split with his children as well. So not only did we divorce, he divorced his children, and I became a single parent. My sons were older. Um, my baby my baby was about seven or eight, and I think my oldest son was about 11 or 12. They, they were somewhere in there. And at a very important age, especially for the two oldest one, when they really need their dad and, and they're about to become preteens and then teens and, and those type of things, and then my babies, but he disappeared. And here I was alone, having never really been alone in my entire life, leaving my family's home, then being with him, and then now I'm I'm here, now I'm faced with what am I going to do along with, with four sons to raise? Hmm. Wow. You touched on, on so many areas I know a lot of the audience can relate to, especially when you talked about not really having an example of parenting, so to speak. You know, I know that was a big concern of mine when I got pregnant with my son was, Lord, <laughs> how am I going to parent this this child when I don't know what that looks like? Not Not a way that I could say, okay, this is how it's done. And then you touched on with the, you know, with the playing house and a relationship, marriage, you know, I, it's it's definitely something, I, like I said, a lot of people can relate to because it's hard to do what you don't see a good example of. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I do want to, you know, uh, applaud you for, you know, being so open and, and honest and, and telling that part of it. And even with the splitting with the, you know, the divorcing, and like you said, he divorced your your children also. And, you know, it's so, so much that people can learn from that because I think when people go through stuff, you know, we feel like we're alone. And so hearing mm-hmm. you say that, I know a lot of women especially, men, I'm not um, – you know, singling, you know, uh, ignoring you guys, but <laughs> I'm talking about the women right now. You know, they they could definitely relate to that, oh, my goodness, I'm a single parent, like real life single parent. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. You're, you're in a situation, uh, you have four beautiful sons, and it's, mm-hmm. it's you and them. So what's next? It's just How me and them. You know, this thing called motherhood, and I'm going to say motherhood huh. because I'm a mother, can really push you beyond where you, ever, where you ever thought you would go. And I believe, I have a, a um, in my children's book I write to my sons, I am because you are, because a lot of things that I accomplished was really because of them. What could, there was, I had no choice. I couldn't give up. And they were dependent on me. I was it for them. And they didn't have grandparents who they can go see. There weren't people lining up to, to keep them or where I could take them. There was none of that. It was me 
and them, and that was it. And so they depended on me. And what was next was, okay, what do you have to do to keep your your kids in this house? Because we had just moved into a new house. I had no idea I was going to pay that mortgage by myself. I had just gotten a new job. It was a, There were a lot of new things happening, but I was afraid, I'm going to be honest, I was scared for a little while of what was going to happen, but not so afraid that I was willing to still deal with what I had to deal with. I knew when I said I was done that I was going to have to deal with some things on my own. I knew that. Um, and so I was. I had. I had to get an inner strength. There was an inner strength that I had to muster up and faith. I'm gonna tell you, faith, faith in God that He was going to make that this going to work out. And I pushed forward. I went back to school again. Uh, got a master's degree because in my head, all I was thinking was, you need to make more money. You need to make more money. Hmm. How can you make yourself more marketable? What do you have to do? Went back to school and got a master's degree in reading. Still in my mind. I needed to make more money, went back to school and got an endorsement in educational leadership. And those things really wasn't because I need, I wanted the accolades and I, I needed the certificates. It was because I had to make a living for my family. That's what pushed me. Right. I had to make a living. And it, and it made it made sense, you know, because you knew you had to make more money and it, it seemed to make sense and you kept pushing so literally you were pushed into your purpose. Literally, mm-hmm. you know, because of Absolutely. the situation and you didn't give up. You knew it had to be done. So I definitely mm-hmm. want to applaud you for that because a lot of women, uh and and men too, a lot of people, I'll just say that will stay stuck in a bad situation just because it's convenient. It's it's easier Absolutely. to stay um, in a bad situation than, than face the unknown. And and people will say yeah. their faith is strong, yeah. you know, our faith is strong, but we're still scared, you know. And yeah. so I love that you, that you did that because you knew it had to be done and you had – faith that it would be done. So I, I wanted to applaud you for that and then take a second to welcome uh, Tasha to the show. She just hopped on the line. Hey, Tasha. Hi, Tasha. Hello. hello. Hi. <laughs> uh, you guys know Tasha is of uh, Positive Express, and she's one of the co-hosts of Healing You, so she'll she'll hop on with her questions and comments shortly. So um, when you, as you started dealing with, with your kids and, and you're going to school and it's, it's basically you and your kids, did, do you think that or how, I guess, would be the better question, how do you think that helped you when it came to dealing with other people's kids? I believe that everything that I went through, let me, let me say this first. As I realized, as I went through that, that whole, even though I had children, I was still in high school when I had the first one, still finished high school, still went to college, you know, having babies but still going to school and seeing some of the, the people who I went to school with uh, and maybe had, and had children as well, I could see them still in the same place. 
And when I look at them and I think about all the girls that had children, teen moms, teenagers, and believe that this is it, I can't go any further, I'm going to be on welfare the rest of my life, I don't have anything else to look forward to because maybe I've never seen anything beyond this neighborhood because I know that there are girls like that because I've seen them grow into women like that. I knew that it was my responsibility to show them that you can be more, you can do more, there is more beyond that. You may have had a child, but that doesn't stifle you, that doesn't keep you from moving forward in life. It's a being and doing whatever you want to do. And that after, as I grew older, I knew that I had to set, be the example for them. I knew that I had to. I knew that that was part of my ministry and that that's why you went through this stuff, Divinia, because it is supposed to inspire other girls that's like you. And and it's, you know, very much that lead by example because you, you did it. And like you said, a lot of people, you know, have kids young. I, I know I did. I know a lot of people who have and, and tend to, to stop or, or don't go, you know, in fact, I did, you know, put my college education off and still working on, now that I'm a businesswoman and have the shows, you know, still trying to find time to finish those credits. But at the time it was like the last thing on, on my mind. Cause I was, you know, a, a single parent not by choice, and I tell people nobody raises their hand and chooses to be a single parent, nobody that I know of. Uh, you really have to be a strong a strong woman, a strong person to to be put in a situation and still be able to reach your purpose. And, and, and yours, you know, like I said, literally you were pushed into purpose and leading by example because you lived it. So it's not like you're just telling them you you lived it. And I think that's really awesome for, you know, young ladies especially to see that it could still be done. So mm-hmm. as we kind of turn the talk to talk about children today or, or teens today, what do you see as the biggest problem? facing children today, or or teens today, rather? There are a couple of things that I think the biggest problem or some of the issues. Number one is technology. I believe Mm. that technology is is great. However, I think that it has really – it has a very negative impact on our kids. And I say that because they literally have everything at their fingertips. If your child has a phone, then they have everything at their fingertips. If they have a, a television in their room, they have, they have access to so much. I believe our kids are being robbed of their childhood because of the things that they see and what they think they're supposed to be doing because they get the opportunity to see it. I know on a couple of occasions of children who are looking at porn on their phones, and, you know, they're not even 10 years old yet. You know, we, we don't know what they're wow. doing. So some of the things, and then when they see that, what do they, oh, that looks like fun. Hey, let me try that. We don't, our children are, they know so much, it's ridiculous of what they know. And they know because they are exposed to so much. 
But also on the flip side is that because we have so much technology uh, as parents, and some people are going to be offended by this, but I'm going to say it anyway. (laughs) I believe that we, I'm going to say it anyway, I believe that we are different as parents. We We have a lack of parenting that's happening today. And I say that, too, because now that our kids have so much that can take their attention, like we can plop them in front of the television, we can give them a cell phone, they can come engrossed in so much that we don't spend as much time with them. So what about when there were no televisions or when there were no cell phones? There were We had to spend time with our kids, right? Or we had to spend right. them outside where parenting was much more hands-on. Now we are in a age where our kids feel entitled because we give them everything. They don't want to work for anything. And now they are at a disadvantage because now they are not being parenting. I think we look at parenting as do they have food on the table and clothes on their back? And I'm not saying everybody, but let's think about it. When you think about your kids or you think about the kids that you know, they are in the television, a video game, or they are on their cell phone. How much time do we wow. intentionally spend with our kids? Do we even know what they're watching? Or are we sitting there watching, uh, what is that show, Power and Empire with them? I know it's huh. happening because my kids come to school and say, Miss Reed, did you see Empire last night? And I'm like, what? well, I know last night on Empire this and this happened. I would not want my right. child watching that. So I think that we right. have become so lackadaisical with how we are parenting that we are neglecting, and I'm saying neglecting because we're not spending quality time with our kids. We're allowing television to raise them. They're getting their morals. They're getting their standards. They're seeing people have sex, use profanity, and that's what they're doing, and I see it every day. So it's not something I'm making up. It's something I see every single day when I go to work, and I see my eighth graders <clears throat> smoking weed, coming to school smelling like weed, you know, or wow. they're talking to or, or pregnant, uh, eighth graders pregnant. So these are things that I see, what I know. Hmm. Uh, I think those are some of the things. That is detrimental. We have to become more intentional about parenting and how and what we are doing with our children. We have to become more intentional. I did a little video series this past summer about being intentional with your children. Take those TVs out of the room. Remember when there used to be parental blocks on TVs and things like that? <laughs> Uh-huh. But what's the use in that if they still have a cell phone that they're looking at all night right. and we don't know what they're looking at? So I just think right. we need to become much more intentional about what's going on in our home and, how, and the time that we spend with our children and the values and the standards and things that we teach them. And I'm glad you said that. So thank you for saying that because uh, I agree 100%, especially when I hear people talk about um, what's wrong with the kids of today, well, the kids of today were raised by the parents, the kids of yesterday or the parents of today. And, um, you know, instead of like when my son was growing up, he's, he'll be 20 Thursday, actually. Um, I read to him, but now you see parents, they'll give their kids an, an iPad or something of that nature with a story on there that will read to them. 
and mm-hmm. not saying that's good or bad, but there's something you you lose in that quality time and your kids mm-hmm. hearing your voice and and you know and those things. It's something that's that's being left behind, and like you said, it's intentional parenting that needs to be done. Then we wouldn't see so many problems with kids today. You know, if you Absolutely. see a, a kid smoking weed, um, then you wonder where 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 did they see that? And then a lot of times you probably find out, well, the 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 mama or the daddy or the mama or the daddy, girlfriend, boyfriend or they seen it or or T V, you know, why are you watching Empire or, or Power or any of those other shows that, you know, um so thank you for hitting on that and we'll definitely have to have another show just hitting on parenting one oh one. <laughs> oh yes, yes, yes. So I, I agree. And, and one of the you you touched on technology, and so this is kind of where we're going to talk a little bit about you know tech kids in in technology, and one of the things that I notice a lot on social media because I see you know the the co-host Tasha is a, associated with um, you know her teen organization, so I see a lot of those posts that's having to do with teens and you see kids are, you know, committing suicide or going through this or so on and so forth because they're being bullied on, on social media through text messages, mm-hmm. through technology. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times the parents are unaware. So mm-hmm. when we talk about bullying, how, how much, cause I know that's something close to your heart also, are you mm-hmm. seeing it more Today versus maybe when you first started um, being an educator? So you're right. That ties so much into technology as well because when you and I were growing up and we went to school, we saw our friends at school and then that was it. You know, we won't see them again until the next day. But now children have access to each other 24-7. They have access to each other once they leave school. So now there's this thing called cyberbullying. You have the physical bullying where some, you know, when you might be hit or or called names. But now we have cyberbullying, which is, I think, an even bigger issue because now when I go home, I'm faced with the taunting, the teasing, the ridiculing, and not only that, it's public for everybody to see, Hmm. and the number of suicides has gone up, depression. Um, So absolutely, it has really gone up, I would say, because of technology. You could see more of it. And when children come to school on Monday, the things that happen on the weekend, they bring it to school on Monday. And it, it wasn't like that before, but now it's like you're on Snapchat. Did you see what's happened on Snapchat? Yeah. Did you see what he said on Snapchat? It, it social media has them has has access to everything, and everything is there for them. And and then it's public, so it's even more embarrassing. Um, and and that and you're right, it is close to my heart. And that was the first book I wrote was about bullying. And in that book, I'm trying to teach children to be more empathetic. So there's a lesson in that in that story. I want them to realize that everybody is not every family is not created the same. Everybody doesn't have the same resource or the same money or the same family, the same parents. And um, it is it, very important to me because I want I really want to create 
some empathy in children because I believe that that's what they really lack. They make fun of other people because they don't get it. They don't understand that this person is not even their fault if they don't have the brand new whatever on. It's their parents. Their parents can afford it, and that's okay. So I, I, I think technology, technology plays a huge role in that as well. Wow. Did you um, did you did seeing the bullying make you say, okay, this is an issue I know I need to touch? Or was it a more personal experience with bullying that made you say, okay, this is close to my heart? Let me say this first. I never planned to write a children's book. That was never aspiration of mine, <laughs> ever in my life. It wasn't. I don't know where it came from except it was from God. It wasn't from Divine mm-hmm. because I would never have chosen to do that. <laughs> you know how you some days say, oh, well, someday I might write a book about my life. And, but just, just this, right. this, something came upon me and said, hey, you know, you need to write this book and, and children's book. But it wasn't me. So this book it was divine, I'm going to say. It is, I honestly, and I'm not just saying that, people, it, it was not me because I wouldn't have written a children's book. Um, but but it came about, it was given to me, not because of anything that I, I experienced personally, but what I see on a daily basis with children and how oh my God, they're so materialistic because that's probably what they see and where they came from. Because, like I said, we're in a time where children feel so entitled. And I know, I know this because I, I know people who think that when the brand new Jordans come out, I'm going to have some on my feet. And that's what's important right. is that I have the brand new Jordans on. And they value that more than they value people. And I really want to teach children how to value each other and not things and what they wear. It's important to me to try to kind of change some mindsets because if we don't change the way they think, we're not going to change their actions. So for me, it's about changing how they think because you you make a person feel bad. You know, you, 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 you don't know how you're affecting somebody else when you do these things. But we have to teach them and we have to have start having conversations. So this book is my attempt at to help others, other families, other schools, to have the conversations about bullying and how it affects others and in the role that the bystander plays because your child may not be the bully or your child may not be the one that's being bullied, but if your child is watching bullying go on, your child is the third party in that situation, which is the bystander. And most, in 67% of cases, if a bystander steps in, then the bullying stops. Isn't that something? If a child just says something or maybe if they don't even say anything. In this book, I kind of, she doesn't say anything, but she, she finally, she's a bystander, but then she finally says, hey, you know what, I'm going to be your friend and include you in things. And she never told anybody, but that, that, that action just changed some things. So I really want us to realize that the bystander does play a role and, and bullying as well. And so this is just my attempt to try to help others address this because it's not going away and it's not a kid's issue because our kids are killing themselves. You know, they, they are committing suicide because of this. If you've seen in the news the little girl, maybe that was last summer or two, a couple of summers ago, I think she was videotaped. So we go back to technology. 
in the shower or something, and it was posted on social media. She's so embarrassed that she she committed suicide. So we have to take this issue seriously, a lot more seriously than we do. I know the schools are trying to address it more. They have um, special codes for that, and they're trying to take it a little more seriously. But I think as parents, we really have to become more aware. I know, um, and and I agree that, you know, parents do, I guess, I guess it kind of goes back to that uh, intentional parenting. And if mm-hmm. you're intentional and you, you spend time with your kids and you will kind of be aware of what's, you know, going on. And I remember, like, I want to say, like, last year I did a show and I actually had a, a bullying victim on and her the video was, it was just ridiculous. Like, it went viral, the the video, and um, they created memes. And I want to say uh, Kevin Hart or one of those comedians even mentioned it. It was like a huge, huge deal. And this was like maybe five, six years ago, I think, that this happened. But I had the show with her last year. And I could hear how just just hearing her and I'm like, Lord, I it, listening to that show and having these conversations made me realize that I probably would have been considered a bully in, in school. Not that I would intentionally seek people out, but I was having my own drama at home. So I just didn't want to allow people in my circle and then if you came into my circle, then I would, you know, make your life really uncomfortable because my circle was where my secrets were kept. And I think a lot of times, I mean, I don't know, but I think a lot of times with kids that are, quote, unquote, bullies, they do have some stuff going on at home. I know I did. And I, it was like seriously a revelation to me just last year. I was like, oh, my goodness, I would have been considered a bully, even though I didn't seek anybody out to harass. But it was like little to no excuse for me to make your school. And I was in high school. So that's that's very, very interesting. When you When you look at the kid that's being bullied, and the person that's doing the bullying, how do you see it affect both kids? Or, you know, like how can you talk to a child or can you tell certain mannerisms a child is doing and say, okay, I think you're being bullied? Well, are you saying as as an educator or a parent or either? It doesn't matter. As a parent, we we have to – when when we see our children change, maybe their person a personality change, maybe like this happy kid, but now they're they're not, or really trying to avoid school, trying to stay out of school. Oh, I don't want to go to school today. Always having a reason for not wanting to go, or they're sick, or, or trying to get to the nurse all the time. Just trying not to be in school or be in the classroom, or maybe even a drop in grades. Those are some signs that something is is not right or just something is going on. As a teacher, I'm very, I pretend, it's just like being a parent sort of, and and kids always mistakenly call me mom because they say I act like their mother. 
but it's because I, I can't turn my mommy off. So, and a lot of them are just, you know, like she's mom. But I, I'm, I'm here, but I don't hear. So they think I'm not paying attention, but I pay attention to everything. And whenever I have a sign, a whiff of you trying to be a bully or bully in my class, I mean, I go off. And it, it, it sounds crazy, but I do. I have a yeah, I do. I really do. They like this lady is crazy. You you're not gonna bully anymore. You're not gonna treat somebody bad or make them feel bad in here. And I make it a huge deal because you want kids to know that you care, first of all, that you care enough to right. say something. But then you want the others to know that you, this is behavior that's unacceptable and you're not going to do this. That's what I do as a teacher. As a parent it's good to have. That's why it's good to have relationships with your kids because kids they'll come home when they have good relationships and they may say something. But then you have this rule, you know, snitches get stitches. <laughs> so right. sometimes they don't want to tell mom and dad because they'll feel like, oh, I'm already bullied. People will really bully me if I say something, and they may be scared. That's why we have to look for these signs, changes in mood changing in personality, grades dropping, trying not to go to school. We have to really pay attention to that and, and not just brush it off as something that, oh, you know, you just don't want to go to school. When it's something persistent and, and, and there are multiple things going on, you might want to start paying attention and asking questions. And, guys, if you're listening in live, if you dialed in and you have a question or comment, feel free to press 1 on your dial pad and get on Healing You on this Sunday where we're having a very interesting conversation with Ms. Devonia. I'm enjoying it. And I want to bring Tasha in at this point, if that's okay, because I know she has personal experience with bullying. So, Tasha, if you wanted to jump in real quick. Yes. Um, I actually want to ask a question because um, I'm dealing with a child now that's having an issue with um, not wanting to go to school. Um, the parent is constantly going to the school and trying to get to the bottom line of it, but she's not getting anywhere. And she's at the point where she wants to take her child out of the school. What is it something that she can do to try to prevent having to take her out of a school just to switch because of a bully? Is she in a public school? Yes. And she's taking this to the principal and not the teacher? Right. Okay. I would suggest going above the principal, maybe going to the board. or I would suggest going above because here's, here's the thing. You can take your child out, but if they're – if this school isn't addressing it, then there's another kid that may be going going through the same thing. You know, I know that we, we're only probably concerned about our own kids, but I think that we should try to get it addressed where the bullying is happening. And have they had any meetings with the parents or the other kid or anything? They had a meeting where um, I think it was just the kids and the parents um, and the principal but I don't think it was solved because, like I say, she's still where she doesn't want to go to school anymore due to mm-hmm. whatever's going on and nobody's doing anything. So she's been skipping school or skipping class due to the fact of the mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would I would definitely go over the principal, but, but also maybe a different classroom, too, might be a, like a temporary solution, maybe not the class. I don't know. I don't know if this is an elementary or 
high school? Is it elementary or high it's school? A, uh, middle school, actually. Middle school, okay. So maybe maybe being transferred to another classroom may help solve the problem so you're, they're not in the same vicinity. But I would request a meeting with the principal and the other parents of whoever the bully is. So I, that would be my next step. So if I've just met with the principal and, and the girl, I would ask to meet with the parent and the other child and try to get a resolution that way. But I wouldn't give up. I would continue. If that, if that parent needs to be persistent. I think sometimes we want to give up and, and move. No, keep pushing because you'll get results. If you have to go over to the next level, then that's what you have to do. Thank you. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. And we, we also have another question or comment. One moment. Caller, you're on the line. Hey, hello. Area co- hello. Welcome to Healing Can You. Can you guys hear me? Yes, sir. Okay, hey, my name is Joshua. And, and uh, I had a question. Uh, my question was, I was thinking, so if these kids, I would think, I'm thinking like, what would be a resolution to to the bullying nowadays instead of like, um, like, I would say like old fashioned ways of, of going about it, like uh, as as um, as uh, Miss Reed said before that uh, we do have cyberbullying and uh, like the kids do want to be they do want to be online and they do want to you know do the stuff that the other kids do. Why, like, what's the resolution for them to still like um, operate as normal kids, but but not get bullied? Like, what would be a resolution for that? Because I feel like uh. I feel like a lot of the things that you guys are addressing, uh, it's addressing a lot of the things that, that do happen with bullying. But I mean, like current bullying, it's like real intense. So I would like to, I would like to just get you guys uh, your views on that. So your question is how to. Uh, am, I, am I really getting the question? As a question, how do we resolve bullying? Yeah. So how do we, how do we still, how do our kids still feel normal and still do things that that everyone else do? But still, you know, but you know, but not have to deal with the bullying. Like, what would be a resolution? I know you said take it to the board, but um, you know, what happened when the when the kid is just crushed mentally, and but they still want to do the same things that other kids do? Like, what do we do? Like, uh, what are ways that we could we can act but as parents he, and as? Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Uh, I, I was just, I just wanted to find out uh, you guys' thoughts on the like the current bullying situation or the cyber bullying. I just wanted you guys to elaborate on that a little more. I believe that still as a parent, you have to. Your job is first is first and foremost for your child. So if there isn't a resolution, as I did suggest going above, but if there's not a resolution, then that parent has to protect their child. I'm, I'm thinking you're asking how do how do we keep them um, allow them to have technology? I think that's what your question is. Allow them to have a cell phone and things like that while still protecting them. Am I right? Yeah, exactly. To still have the luxury to do those things, but not you know, but not but not be but not be bullied. Not not have to feel not have to feel like every time uh, we do log into whatever it is, Facebook, because kids are going to do it. I think I think all kids are going to get on social media. This is just my opinion. At least for the most part, most of them are because, like you said, that's that's most of their day for most for the most part. So, how does a kid like? What does a kid do? Because I feel like a lot of kids, what they do to resolve this problem is they try to 
look and act like the other kids, and it and it begins to to like take a toll on them um, down the line. So I just wanted you guys to sort of elaborate on how we could, I don't know, uh, mm-hmm. I guess make it, I don't know, I guess make it better, make it so our kids can feel like normal kids. It all goes back to what we talked about earlier and being intentional about your parenting. When we build up children that, that, that love themselves, that are confident, that feel secure, when we do those things as parents, I think that will transfer over to the child. When you have a, a child that's confident, they're less likely to, to fall even victim to bullying because they're like, okay, well, whatever. I know I'm this. You know, you know what I'm saying? So how do – I'm all about preventive measures. I get it. I, I get problems, but for me it's all about how do we solve them, like you're saying. What's the solution? The solution, I, everything for me, it goes back to how are we raising – when we're raising children, being intentional, trying to pour into them as parents, trying to uh, let them know that we're always there for them, then that way they won't really become victim because they're, first of all, they, they have the confidence. And secondly, they're going to go home and be like, you know what, this kid is doing this, this, and this. So for me, I believe it all goes back to how, who, who and how are we building these children up? How, what are we doing to pour into our child so that they don't fall victim, which it goes back to that book, and, and I'm not trying to, to um, uh, you know, endorse my own book, but but it's an opportunity to have conversations, and those conversations are important, and that's how you. That's what we do to combat that. When we can build kids or individuals that are confident in themselves, I think we help to combat a lot of issues. Thank you for that. Thank. Uh, oh, <laughs> And I wanted to um I wanted to add to that really quick. Um we can't really apply old school parenting and then we're we're gonna kinda turn the conversation a little bit because we're running out of time. But I, you can't apply old school parenting, so to speak, to a whole to to new school stuff. Right? So I remember just as my son was growing up and, and kids were really starting to get cell phones and so on and so forth. I remember having those conversations with him, like, "Hey, anybody bothering you at school?" And um, and even with my nieces and you know extended family, my suggestion would be handle it as if you had a troll on your social media, because even as adults, and I and I wish we had more time to get into it into this, but even as adults. I've seen adults get bullied on social media. So you kind of have to take those same principles. If someone was bullying you on social media, what would you do? You would unfollow, unfriend, block them, report them if you have to, and it doesn't change your daily life. But then also speak life into your kid and say, hey, it's nothing wrong with you. It's something wrong with them. So you kind of got to hit it from from two areas. You got to try to eliminate a problem and add a solution to it, if that makes sense. I hope that kind of helped a little bit. Oh, yeah, they are both answers. I, I, I definitely love what you guys are doing, and uh, I enjoy listening to you today also. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. Yes, the, Devonya will be back. She's Because we definitely have to hit on the adult bullying, because a lot of people, as adults, it's, you know, we get bullied too. 
in a different way. Mm-hmm. So we're definitely going to touch on that. But thank you so much for joining us tonight, uh, and appreciate your question and comment. Oh yeah, no so, problem. Um, whew, that that time goes by so fast, and that was a a great uh, a great question. That was a great question. Yeah, I wanted absolutely. to ask you. I, I wanted to ask you because um, we have like eight minutes left in the show. That hour goes by so fast. <laughs> when we talk about, <laughs> I want to ask you, why do you feel that mentoring is so important? Mentoring is important because it's about impact. So even mm. if, if you think about mentoring in in regards to say. Um, as a teacher, as an educator, I think about mentoring and the lack of that I, that I didn't get and how I had to fumble through, try to figure out everything on my, on my own. See, mentoring is the opportunity to take everything that you know, the information, because I'm all about information and impact. Those are my two words for this year, information and impact. It takes the information that you have within you to impact the life of somebody else. And if I, if oh. I could take... If I could take everything that I know and that I have and pour it into a young mother and to to help her to make some better decisions or good decisions for her child, why wouldn't I do that? If I could take what I know and pour it into a young girl to help her to be more confident and be able to create a future that she'll love, why wouldn't I do that? I think it is so important in every area of your life to have a mentor, and for me, I've done it for others, and I'm just realizing how important it is for me even as a new entrepreneur and how I need mentors in my life to help me, to guide me to where I want to go next. So I'm very passionate about that because I don't want to be an organization that offers an event or offers, uh, you know, some fun activities or workshops. I want to be an organization that impacts the lives of girls that where when you see them, there is a visible change or visible impact in their lives that can be seen, heard, and felt. And I believe we all we, we should all kind of take responsibility for that. And and mentors don't have to be perfect. I think maybe that's why a lot of people don't step up in in the area of you know volunteering or or mentoring because they feel like okay I have to work on this area of my life or that area or x y and z area what would you say to that just what you just said mentors don't have to be <laughs> I'm not perfect I'm far from perfect far from it but I I just think especially now and where I in my city in Chicago, where I'm from, there are so many children that are hurting, that are being raised like I was raised without parents, parenting, who don't have the supported home. I would ask that you not think about what you don't have to offer, but what you do have to offer. There's something that you have that that child needs. We all have gifts. We all are able to serve. And I believe that our children are hurting. You know, I have a, a heart for the children because they'll grow up and they're going to take over one day. So they need us. They need us to, to, to pour into them, to mentor. And it's not about being perfect, but it's just about giving them a chance and at a, a chance at a life that maybe they wouldn't have if it were not for you. And we all can teach somebody 
something. There's something that we know how to do, whether it's, uh, you know, how to read or how to cook or how to sew. There's always something that we can teach someone else, and it may seem little to us, but it could help them find their purpose. So that's going to kind of roll me into the next question. <laughs> when it comes to, to finding your your purpose, and let's say everybody uh, doesn't find themselves pushed into it, even though I think you were pushed into your purpose on purpose, <laughs> right. how, important <laughs> <do> you, <laughs> how important do you think it is for both uh, young adults and adults, period, to identify their purpose? Oh, it's very important. It's essential because we all have a why or a purpose. Every last one of us, we we were created like that. So we were created to bring something to the earth and to serve it. And and when we don't do that, then we we are keeping our gifts from the world. So it has to be identified. And unfortunately, what happens as, as children sometimes, what we do as parents, kids know right away what they're good at. They spend time doing it. Sure. So you might have a child that's drawing all the time. They love to make pictures, and they say, hey, Mommy, I want to, Daddy, I want to be an artist. And then we say, no, you can't be an artist. Why do you want to be an artist? You need to be, a, you need to be a lawyer. You need to be a doctor. Artist isn't good enough, and we talk them out of their purpose. But that was the thing. That was the gift that God gave them, and that's what they were supposed to be serving to the world, and we talk them out of it. And then when we have adults who go from job to job to job, they, don't, they have no idea. They don't like this one. They're going to this one. That's because they don't know their purpose. They're not happy. And if you don't, I believe you're not really happy until you're walking in your purpose. I think you're truly happy. I think you're just comfortable. You're living. You're surviving. But when you find that purpose, that thing will drive you every single day. It'll be something you love to do. You won't regret getting up in the morning. It's essential. It's absolutely essential that we all figure out why we are here. And and I wonder, um, you know, if we encourage our kids to to find their purpose and see what they, you know, enjoy doing. I wonder if kids get focused that way, how how much um, that may help bullying as a whole. Because if I'm focused mm-hmm. on on doing my, you know, my arts or my writing and my parents are encouraging it, then I'm really not mm-hmm. going to have time, so to speak. You know, like they say, I don't, what is it, I don't hands the devil's playground or something like that. I'm not going to have time to. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, I'm really not going to have time to to really worry about you because I'm focused on on my thing. And it's funny that you said that because I was an artist, and I remember hearing, you know, you need you you can't make money doing that. So uh-huh. my love of art turned into just something I was good at, and I actually just uh-huh. stopped, you know, stopped drawing, uh-huh. you know, and uh-huh. and stopped. You know, because at one point in time I wanted to have a comic book. That's a whole other show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I was told. So I could completely understand, uh, and I love that you said that. And, and before time runs out, and like I said, we're definitely going to have to have you on again because I have so many questions. I know the audience does also. 
But, you know, like I said, that 60 minutes, it, it goes really quick. So I want the it listeners to, uh, <laughs> to get your information so they can find out more about you and your book and, you know, to see what you have going on next also. I am Divine Reed everywhere, so Divine Reed on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. I have a website, www.divineareed.com, and also like my organization on Facebook. Welcome to the Queendom. Follow, follow us on Instagram. Yay. Well, thank you so much. And, guys, uh, I want to thank you so much, Devonya, for joining us this week. Guys, I want you to make sure that if you're connected to the show uh, online or on Facebook, her information is posted there. Like, love, support the book, support the movement. Welcome to the Queendom. What better name? I love it. I want to be part of it. Um, (laughs) It's been like an absolutely great show. And you guys, you know, take Devonya's lead and, and pay attention to your kids and don't be scared of that push into your your purpose and don't forget you've learned something in life that you can teach somebody else mm-hmm. we should all ask ourselves you know are, are we being pushed into our purpose that helps others or are we fighting it because we're waiting to be perfect that being mm-hmm. said guys make sure you connect with uh, Devonia at www.devoniaread.com. Thank you to my wonderful co-host with her questions and, and her comments, Tasha, Connie Lee. I, if you're listening, I hope you feel better. As usual, guys, our quote for the week, you have two hands, one to help yourself, the second to help others. That quote comes from unknown. Well, that's tonight's show. Thank you again for joining us on Healing You. Make sure you join us next week, same time, same place, and have a great week. Thank you guys so much. Thank you for listening in to Healing You. Remember, you must heal you in order to define you. Join us next week, same time, same place, as we continue the healing journey together.